everyone, thanks for tuning in with us today on the Movie Games Roundtable. Hope you've all had a great day so far. I'm Nain and I'll be your host for today's show and I am joined here by Just Kine. Hello man, how's it? I'm good and yourself? Uh, I could be better. We did just record an episode and it all got ruined. But, <laughs> it did, it did, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. We, we take our losses on the chin here at Movie Games. <laughs> <laughs> we, we take our loss, we get back up and do the show all over again. And that's what we're doing right now. Yep. Um, so here on the Movie Games round table, we're a little bit more relaxed as we banter about anything pop culture. We play a few games, which is what we're going to be doing today. And for your poor souls out there, we usually, most of the time, go off on tangents so today we're gonna bring back uh one of my favorite games that i first did when i hosted and that's called which movie would you erase from existence so mm-hmm. you listeners out there i'm pretty much going to be pitching kind two movies similar genre completely different genre who knows it's a surprise for him he doesn't know what i'm going to say and he has to choose which one will be erased from existence so that means its legacy is gone Never had any influences. Ooh. Nothing like that. <clears throat> any, if there was someone with a breakout role in there, oof, who knows? Oh, poor them. Poor, poor them. Let's hope yeah. they had a second one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kind, your first two films are classics in my books. And then you mm. got 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ooh. And that's up against Apocalypse Now. Oh, that's, <laughs> that, oh that hurts. <laughs> oh, um... Okay, I mean, I feel like Apocalypse Now is such a deeply important film mm. for maybe showing a certain angle of war. Yeah. But at the same time, I also feel 2001 A Space Odyssey is such an important film for, for film Yeah, um, that it kind of infers on so many other films that were made throughout the past, you know, Half decade, half yeah. century, and a lot of space films are usually either pay homage to it or oh yeah, for sure, inspiration from you it. know like Star Wars or you know Blade Runner or you know any of these films, any of Nolan, you know Nolan as yeah. well, yeah, you know you know this probably isn't a sci-fi out there that hasn't that isn't touched by it in yeah. some way, yeah. Um, I would say probably. 2001 a space odyssey because i also feel we have so many amazing war films that wait sorry you're keeping it or erasing it so i'm going to erase apocalypse now right okay um and that's only because i think we have so many great war films yeah and very few great sci-fis like great Mm. truly great sci-fis yeah um yeah i mean just at the top of my head you know like come and see you know, like Saving Private Ryan mm, and, right. and many of these, like, you know, The Pianist, many of these war films are, you know, uh, Schindler's List, yeah. more of a Holocaust film than a war film, but, you know, it's in that period. Mm. All of these films, you know, show a side to war that Apocalypse Now also does, but Apocalypse Now only happens to do it in a more creative, creative, hypnotic kind of way, psychedelic yeah. sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, see, I like the visuals of both of them. I yeah. Mean, my jaw dropped when I watched uh, Apocalypse Now and just some of the stuff that they did back then. Yeah. So it is a, it's a tough one, and I think I have to agree with you on this one. I think Space Odyssey has too much influence on the modern 
films now that yeah on the you, modern film landscape you yeah just, you can't take away you know um so yeah i'd pick that and mainly because what well, a very legendary professional wrestler called rick flair his uh entrance theme is literally like first thing we hear in uh, oh yeah flight of the valkyries yeah, yeah yeah yeah. and like if you don't have that there ain't no rick flair so yeah <laughs> you gotta, keep, <laughs> gotta keep that on you know all right fair so enough. right next one is you're gonna have i Tonya up against whiplash oh i mean i feel like this one's easy oh is it yeah i mean i like i Tonya, mm-hmm. but i Tonya is a biographical that i could probably go without um i feel like you know margot robbie's role in it awesome but it's not enough for me to go oh this sort of like i don't know shows me something interesting i've never seen before i feel like with whiplash i've seen something i haven't seen before in that as in like a musical drumming based i feel yeah maybe more in the sense that it's 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 an angle to a character and an angle to dedication yeah like it's a story about raw dedication and 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 i tonya is as well in in many ways but i tonya is more of more of a light-hearted experience whereas uh whiplash is very raw right and i feel like that rawness is what makes it more memorable to me in my mind. Mm. Um, especially with its finale, like the, those final few seconds. Oh, definitely. Are just, you know, pure gold. And pure, like, it's intense. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, you can sing, sing as much as you can about those performances as well, mm. you know, with J.K. Definitely. Simmons. Um, I, Tonya, I think, is a perfectly great movie. Um, yeah. But it just, I don't feel it has the impact cultural impact that whiplash does mm. i agree with on that one i think i tonya we've seen so many sporting uh, what is it biographies biopics yeah autobi- oh yeah biopics yeah yeah biopics already that we pretty much know the formula of how it's gonna go yeah and i tonya did that as well yes and like we already know the story and the outcome at the end of it you know as well so it's nothing to really grip you in there except for i guess the Final skate, even though you know what's happening, I guess it's just the performance on Robbie's part that grips you in. Yeah. But um, with Whiplash, you don't know the story when you watch it for the first time, you know? Like, you don't know which yeah. direction it's going to go in. I definitely did not think it was going to end the way it did. I thought yeah. there was still more. So it was, so yeah. it was like, <laughs> like one of those endings where it's just like, oh shit, that's a great way to end it. But then, oh shit, I want what happened. You yeah, know? what happened? I want more. But at the same time, you sort of like actually know that's a perfect ending because Definitely. it's like to get more would be reductive. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it just wouldn't, it would it'd sort of devalue the yeah. film a bit as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh shit, we're two for two. Let's see if we can make it three for three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one is Donnie Darko and it's up against Drive. Oh, Okay. Wow, this one is hard because I feel like they're both great in their own ways. Yeah. I mean, Drive is very stylistic and very, not meditative, but it's slow, stylistic. It it paces itself. 
Mm. Donnie Darko is very complicated. It is. It's a mindfuck. It complete is. mindfuck. Um, gosh, you know, ah, gosh, this one is hard. <laughs> I feel like I, on some level, probably like Drive more. Um, is it Donnie? Of, hmm? Is it because it's like an easier watch? Um, I don't know. Donnie Darko is very funny. True. It has a lot of kind of dry humor in it, and yeah. it's, it's kind of like deadpan at times. Hmm. Drive is not funny at all. I mean, there's a single funny scene in that movie, but it's very entertaining to watch. It's this. It's the most entertaining slow film. Yeah. Out there. One of the most. And I think its style is sort of like its own thing. Like it's not noir. It's not. It's just very like neon and sleek and yeah. like dark and moody. And so, so sort of like last night in Soho, but not as good. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, but better. Sorry. Yeah. But better. But better. But better. Yeah. I mean, last night in Soho is basically a noir but it's sort of i guess it is sort of does have a lot of a lot in common with drive and yeah. that sort of very neon and yeah sort of style but when it comes to um drive i feel like it kind of all just comes down to it being original versus donnie darko being an adaptation right and adaptations just tend to have a little less priority in my mind because if I don't need to watch the movie to gain the experience from its narrative, I could go back to the book. Yeah. Yeah. So you're picking Donnie Darko to be erased? Yes, I am. Right. You just erased Jake Hall's greatest or best performance. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to guess we're disagreeing here. We are. I'm going to go with Donnie Darko on this one. Okay. I think... Because I, I do enjoy both films, and I think it's both films is something I've seen different in its lead actors with Gyllenhaal and Gosling. Mm-hmm. Unless you count Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do enjoy Drive, but I think there was something about Donnie Darko that got me hooked, and I think it is the constant like twists that happen throughout it, yeah, as well, and then that ending as well. And I, I watched this recently for the first time as well, so I think oh, you that, did. That, that's probably why it's so fresh in my mind and. Probably why I'm picking it. Yeah, it's um, it's such a weird film it that it, like I just love the kind of surreal moments where someone says something, and you know Donnie kind of just like looks at them and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and they kind of like walk off, and it's those sorts of like weird, strange moments that I feel like really kind of in my mind. That's like the style of Donnie Darko. It's almost like surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like David Lynch. Uh, if you watch a David Lynch film, you'll know it's like those weird moments with the teacher, you know, with Drew, by Drew, you know, Drew Barrymore's the teacher yeah, and yeah. Donnie Darko. Yeah. She says like really weird things in a, with a really straight face Yeah. to them, um, to Donnie. And, you know, his reaction is sort of like, what? Um, and then everything, the whole mood just kind of like drops in the room yeah it's like as if he's like in his own mind yeah yeah and that's kind of like what lynch films are like where it's like someone says something bizarre and you're like what 
the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Two for one, I guess. Two for one, yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is we've got Finding Nemo. You're in one on one with Monsters Inc. Ooh, this is easy for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Monsters Inc. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like. Um, Finding Nemo, oddly enough, I you know it's one of those movies where I really love Dory, but I really dislike who's who's Nemo's father called? Marlin. Marlin. Yeah. I really dislike Marlin. He's not a he's not a likable character. I get I get why he is the way he is and why they've done him that way because he's a standoffish sort of dad and he's concerned for his son and he bit of a grouch and that sort of thing. What's up with you not liking? Oh, I knew again? you were gonna bring this. I knew you were gonna bring this up. I knew you were gonna bring this up. Um, no, this has nothing to do with Mitchells. This is machines. <laughs> um, but I felt that way as a kid watching Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. I did not like Marlin, <laughs> um, and I only ever watched Finding Nemo on a rare occasion. Um, yeah. There's just some some Pixar films that didn't do it for me. And some that did. And Monsters, Inc. is one that did. Yeah. Love Monsters, Inc. I feel like it's timeless, in my opinion. Such a unique concept. It is. Um, You know, monsters going through parallel doors to collect screams from children to use as energy. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) like how did they sell that? How did they even think up off that as well? Exactly. Uh, I agree with you. Monsters, Inc. is one of my favorite Pixar films as well. And I'll, I remember as a kid, I, that's all I used to watch was just that and Incredibles. Maybe yeah. I should have pitched that to you. Maybe. Incredibles that would have been really hard then. <laughs> I'll save it for next time, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Monsters Inc., like, like you said, the concept is amazing and like them going through the doors and stuff. I mean, they've managed to balance the, the worlds of monsters and humans together. Like we didn't even see like the monsters world was just pure monsters and didn't have any humans in it. Yeah. But then the humans world had a bit of both as well. Yeah. 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 From what I can remember, unless I'm getting scenes mixed up, but well, maybe there was like the abominable snowman. He like lived in the human world. Didn't yeah. He? yeah. 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 He did. That's the scene I was thinking of. So yeah. 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 So yeah. I, yeah. Monsters for me is um pretty much the one. Cool, so that will do us today in our nice little short Movie Games Roundtable episode. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys all enjoyed wherever you may be listening from. If any of our, uh, let's say, movie battles, I guess, I don't really know what to call them, <laughs> your pictures, yeah. um, piqued your interest and you want to uh, let us know which one you would want to ex- erase from existence, head over to Instagram and um, let us know and we'll might we'll respond back to you with our thoughts as well. Um, if you enjoy the show and want to listen to more, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we feature on YouTube as well. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Catch you on next episode where Movie Games. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>